we'll get the new Fire Emblem game and I'll show you how it's done, okay? Heard very good things. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm excited. I was That's like one of the reasons I got a Switch in the first place, so. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Welcome to the WrestleDown! WrestleDown! It's good. <laughs> it's good WrestleDown. <laughs> um, my name is Jeff Ploppel. We got uh, Dennis Bruno and Keaton the Kitten Man, my, our mascot. Yeah. My cat, our mascot. Right, buddy? Rubbing his face on that table, let you know it's his. That's how the table... Uh, is good for the podcast. It's true. It makes the sound better. Right, buddy? You've got the best stuff in your heart. Very good acoustics on this table. Yeah, he's, you know, he's he's had a big day. He, uh, Alyssa came over while I was at work, so oh, nice. he got to hang out with her, they get to see you, and, you know, it's a big day for Keaton, right, bud? Yeah. Okay. So we're here to talk about our favorite things of wrestling, uh, which is wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> if you came listening for anything else, don't worry, we'll get you to try to buy stuff. Yeah, like Dough Butts, our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> our sponsor this week is Dough Butts. They're not donuts, they're Dough Butts. <laughs> Once you bite in, you'll, you'll know the difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're like... Someone cut a donut in half and then rearranged it to be shaped like a butt. Um, and then they added that something special in the middle. I'm so happy and relieved that it was a donut that got cut. Because I didn't know where that sentence was going. It's like someone cut it and I was like, nope, this no. is terror. No. This is pure yeah. horror that's coming next. It's just baked goods. Good. Yeah. Very good. Relieving and good. Yeah. That's their motto. Relieving and good. <laughs> right, buddy? Who doesn't want a dough butt in their pie hole? Yeah, exactly. That's what the pie hole's for. For the dough butts. <laughs> then you can go dough butts, dough butt. Like the end of that uh, movie about drugs. That's true. Like, that, that's what Jerry used to show when he was both a sex ed and a pastry teacher at your local high school. <laughs> that's true. I was a pastry teacher at your local high school. <laughs> um, I got bounced around a lot. By the kids? Well, no, just by the administration once they realize, why are we paying for a pastry teacher? Um, but my resume is very good. Yes. So, <laughs> that's how I got into the job and repeatedly, until I took a podcast, you know, I could just take dough butt money. <laughs> you gotta get on that dough butt train. Right, just, I like that the takeaway wasn't so much that like your sense of urgency got challenged as much as your resume was so good. You kept getting a new job. You just got to climb that dough butt ladder. Yeah. Once I see how many schools I've worked at over the last year, yep. it's like, you know, yeah. It's like, yeah, this guy seems to know what he's doing. That's why everybody <laughs> these 32 other schools hired him in just the last six months alone. Oh like, my God. that guy must be, he must know what he's doing. School's only open nine months a year. That's so many schools. Yeah. I know. <laughs> a lot of moving. A lot of putting things in boxes. A lot of <laughs> putting Keaton in a carrier. Aww. Having him be my my, ma- my uh, navigator. Right? That's adorable. He always points me towards the food. Aww. Yeah, birds fly towards water. Keaton <laughs> flies towards dough butts. Yeah. No, he can't have dough butts. They're for humans. Oh, okay. Uh, they're people-only food. Um, <laughs> As the name implies. I forgot. It doesn't really imply anything other than their butts made of dough. <laughs> but, of course, you know, relieving, but good. 
remember uh, that. And we'll come back to with more fish rod doughbutts uh, as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to start with what our uh, highlights of the week are. Like the, the um, do I start with the G one? Anything that's been good? I have no idea what happened since we last talked because it all is blurring together at this point. Yes, but let's so uh, we're recording this on the twenty fifth of July mm-hmm. and. I looked at the G1 schedule because it was so bewildering that yesterday, the 24th, there was one because they usually uh, have them released in like blocks of three. Yeah. So this was just one in the middle, which almost felt like a treat. Yeah. Um, And it was because the matches were so good. Um, It was headlined by uh, Naito versus Ishii, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Which, it slaps because it always slaps. Yes. Yeah, those guys have faced off a a bunch together and it's always good. Mm. I don't know if it's ever appreciably like better or worse than any other time. It's just always good. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's the highest compliment you can give to something. It's almost like when CM Punk fought John Cena mm-hmm. all the time. It was always good to great. It was just, ne- it was never boring. Yeah. Um, which is to say, like, Naito always finds creative ways to target Ishii's lack of neck. Right. So he can set up the Destino, which he wins with, but Ishii puts up a hell of a fight, strong style lariats the whole time. Yeah. It's just really good. Yeah, it's two guys who, uh,. Excel at taking a beating. Yep. So it's just two guys pounding away at each other, and one of them finds a way to win eventually. Yeah. Um, incredibly impressed with the booking of Moxley versus uh, Shingo because oh, I thought yeah. it was going to be more even, and it was absolutely Moxley just beating him down. Yeah. Like Shingo fighting back, looking strong, but I feel like this is the turning point where he's going to start to kind of take a few more losses than you would expect. Yeah. Just for, I love that that part of the. Yeah, and, and Jay White got his first win over Jeff Cobb. Yeah, yeah. Finally, I mean uh, just the 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 only other thing I want to say about the the Mox Dragon match is just like Moxley's undefeated. He's four and zero now in the yep. G one in his first year, which I mean it's very smart in terms of striking while his momentum is still crazy hot. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Jay White. He absolutely looks good in getting help from Gato because he's a shithead yeah. and he has to get at least one win and he got it. Yep, I think I think he's gonna win out most of, if not all, the rest of the way. Yeah, I think he's gonna get six in a row and then like fall short because maybe somebody he lost to earlier has like a tiebreaker on him. I love the idea of Moxley's reaction to loving to losing to Jay White. Yeah. So that that'll be exciting. And also Moxley at this point also undefeated. Yeah. So and then there was uh yeah, and then Juice and um Yano fought, which was think, very good. Yeah. I think that was like the least inspiring uh Yano match so far. It's just the most by the numbers, I think. But, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it, what I like about it is that it continues to tell the story that Juice Robinson is not a pushover. Yeah, he doesn't have a broken hand like he had last year. He's taking things more seriously. He's not getting fooled as easily after two stalwarts of the G one got fooled by Yano three technically. Yeah, in um, Goto, Naito, and Jay White. Yeah. So yeah, Juice paying attention, racking up wins, and then poor fucking Goto. Yeah. Who just really likes the dojo and wants you go to go to there, and everyone he loves associated keeps getting beat up. Have you seen that? Did I send you the? Oh, I did. Uh, did you see the thing that I put in the wrestle thread about what Naito's response to uh, Goto's shirt? I did not. What oh. did it say? Uh, he said uh, Goto has a new shirt. Did you see it? It's in Spanish. It says La Dojo. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That's why you go to Mexico for excursion. See, <laughs> es la verdad. Um. 
But I love that it like this G one is telling so many great stories in parallel. Yeah. One of them is that Taichi is here to fuck with you. Yeah, um, he's not here to win. He knows he's not going to win. Yeah, but he's going to keep being Taichi. My man Taichi. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing really well. He's doing better than Goto, yeah. which is nuts. Yep, because Goto had a whole redemption arc going into this, and in the face of just a crowded field of really competitive people, it's not enough. Yeah, same with Jeff Cobb. I mean, yeah. not the redemption story, but like, well, maybe a little because he wasn't ever champ. Mm. But, like, he's, yeah, he's doing less well than you would expect. Probably less well than he would have done in other years. Yeah. Um, But, like, it's a tough field. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised that Moxley's undefeated because I would have expected him to take a loss just to set up a challenger right. by now. But, uh, you know, and, and the U.S. title is so low on the ranks. Yeah. But, you know, I think that'll come eventually. With Cobb, it's a little less surprising because I feel like every block has to have it like a designated yeah. loser, which is why A block is so funny that it's Zack Saber Jr. I know I wasn't you. You would expect an Archer, yeah, going into exactly. it exactly. And Archer instead is when we'll get to a late career Renaissance is having his mm-hmm. of just like pink mohawked fucking warpath. It's yeah. awesome, amazing. Um, so yeah, that was the G one. Yeah. Uh, Rob brought a bunch of people out of the closet <laughs> and said, "Look at them." Yeah, they for said- three hours. <laughs> They said, look at these Zobots. <laughs> <laughs> Take a bite out of them. <laughs> Ted DiBiase, the doughiest of the butts. Dobuts, um, not as old as WWE's legends, no, generally. Generally not. Yeah. One thing that I love that came from this that I'd, you'd only know it if you were if you like watch social media like a hawk, Lacey Evans beefing with Medusa now. That's a thing. Oh, that was ridiculous. <laughs> Those are ridiculous tweets. Yeah. Uh, Medusa <laughs> saying that she failed out of the army was like, whoa! Uh, do you know something that that no one else does? Do you know something Lacey Evans does? Yeah, because it doesn't seem like that's the truth. No. I think Randy Orton did. He did. Yes. He but dishonorably discharged. Yes, yeah. because he only went AWOL. Right. But, like, uh, that's not Lacey Evans. No. To, to our knowledge. Who right. Knows? Which, like... Even if it were true, it's one of those crazy things to just say in real life. Because yeah. Lunderblade is not part of the company at, no. as a regular. Lacey Evans just like taking a point to just the shade people because that's her heel character. Yeah, the Lunder being like, "No, everything's real." Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, I mean, former twenty four seven champion the Lunderblaze, who got paid off by DiBiase. That was the part I liked the best. I don't, I never watch Raw live because who the fuck has three hours for Popeyes commercials? Yes, but. I love the 24-7... Watch the Popeye's commercials when you can listen to a podcast for an hour and get three Doughbutts commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I'll take that over a Popeye's biscuit any day. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that was the best part of the show in terms of just, like, at least advanc- advancing some kind of consistent story. Because mm-hmm. even, like, your A champion, your A story, Rollins, got sucked into the reunion stuff yeah. because Ricochet couldn't get medically cleared. Right. Which, I mean, you, you make hay while the sun's shining, I guess, but... He, it's a meme now of just him watching everybody else celebrate <laughs> who used to perform like 10, 15, 20 years ago. And he's just like, I do this now. Yeah. And I'm not invited to hug with the old guys. <laughs> I'm a freshman. They're seniors. <laughs> Which is crazy. Yeah. He used to be, he was the champion like weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, and Lester didn't even show up. Yeah. Like in thinking about it, a three hour spectacular to highlight. The returns of Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and Sergeant Slaughter yeah. and other people and just your champion wasn't there. Yeah, they didn't really do much with anybody. Uh, uh, yeah, it's too bad because I think they missed some some opportunities. They definitely it popped the ratings. Yeah, uh, pretty big. Which uh, I hate. I hate when their their dumb ideas work. Right when they're 
other ideas are also dumb and they don't work and I have to sit through them every week. It would be, like, I would begrudgingly be okay with it if it were sustainable, but mm. you can't do that every week. So, I mean, I get the strategy if it's a business move to say, like, oh, the quarter's picking back up because yeah. ratings are on the uptick now. It's like, no, they're going to fucking drop off again because anybody who's excited to see the people they saw last week aren't going to be there. No. They're going to see Drew McIntyre and Cedric Alexander, which I did like the beatdown that Cedric got because hopefully that leads to a match between the two, like yeah. a real one at SummerSlam. I like that um, the tag teams wrestled. I, yeah. It was weird that Devon was there back in the revival. Right, but... for no reason, but... You gotta squeeze everybody in. Yeah, you get you get fifty extra cast members. Right, everybody's got to wind up in the background somewhere. Speaking of squeezing and butts, this blew my mind. Rikishi wasn't medically cleared to do the stink face. Yeah, I saw that. My mind has been working since I read that. Of just like, what in your body (laughs) is so fragile that you can't gyrate your hips? I wonder how true that is, or if there's like some way that it's true, but like. The way it was written as a rumor was misleading. Right. You know, because I feel like, yeah, it can't take that much to back up three feet and then swivel your hips. No. For 30 seconds. It is the ultimate human dough butt, <laughs> and it couldn't be used. This is why you gotta stick with dough butts in Arkansas, Massachusetts. Jesus! <laughs> if you yeah. wanna know where that is, look up the school where Jerry used to work. Uh, one of the schools. Sorry. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's how you got to be a professor of hip ophthalmology, <laughs> in addition to being a pastry teacher. Speaking of which, John Cena opening the show mm-hmm. with his hip ophthalmology. I did not see that, but yeah. Um, I just like that he's there. Like, that's one of those yeah. things where if you can't get The Rock, if you can't get Brock Lesnar for whatever the fuck reason, at least you did get John Cena, yeah. who is still doing the Lord's work, showing up in his lime green bullshit, and trying to get people to clap and pay attention. So yeah. good for him. He's like, he's at that point where, like, it's just happy to see him whenever he's in yeah. town. Um I think Brock Lesnar wouldn't have shown up because, uh, one, he's their, like, regularly scheduled ratings pop. Also, uh, he's, they're gonna have 50 other people come over and just stand around. Yeah. Not on his watch. That makes him less special. That's true. Um. Which, Jesus, speaking of people who just cannot stop trying to be more special, Hulk Hogan putting out his tweet before the show of just like, Oh, yeah. What if me and all the other legends who were showing up just took over the show forever? It's like, guy. Would, would have been. Guy. <laughs> must have been a real shock for him to get there and realize 49 of the people that were legends aren't medically cleared to bump right. at all. <laughs> or lay down for him while he just points at him instead of doing a leg drop, because he probably can't. No, he can't do a leg drop. He like, yeah. had hip surgery a little while back. Um, and, like, I, and part of me is so paranoid about Hogan trying to get attention on himself and away from other people that I was like, did you wear a black and red t-shirt just to look more like Raw itself <laughs> and suck it into yourself? You red and yellow motherfucker. Like, let people just not look at you. It's okay. Flair's there, sweating to death in his tuxedo. (laughs) He's just happy to be there. Let other people be seen. Oh, man. Um, Other highlights? Uh, Fucking... It's more G1, though. uh, Because that was... We just talked about, what, Wednesday? Mm -hmm. Wednesday or Tuesday? Yeah. Um, By the way, we're also done with the three in a row sets of shows now I think, okay. for the rest of the tournament until the finals. Yep. Uh, but Saturday and Sunday were fucking awesome, too. Absolutely. Got, uh, that, that was when Okada and Will Ospreay happened, right? Yes. That was an amazing match. That match demonstrates why it's important to have uh, like counter-wrestling psychology yeah. because I, I was convinced by their ending sequence that Ospreay had him, and yeah. nope. Nope, not at all. But, like, and I, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I'm ready for Okada to lose, and I was like, 
out of my seat, like, standing up and, like, screaming at the TV yeah. very early. because Like, the moment when, first off, the ingenuity of turning the Rainmaker clothesline into Will Ospreay's uh, Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker is just the figuring out the physics of that yeah. uh, to make it look smooth and look like a counter is genius. Yep. Um, but, yeah, they, are, <clears throat> they have awesome chemistry, and I can't wait for Ospreay to eventually beat Okada in some context. Yeah. This is why I feel like the contract context or construct is the word I'm looking for of a wrestling company and a booking committee works at its best when you have people who have chemistry. Yeah. Because that's what I feel like has turned me off so far about AEW is mm. that it's the same guys who have founded this who are giving themselves spotlight and like each other so they put on matches together that are good. Yeah. But it feels like we're doing this because we can. Right. Versus Osprey and Okada, which is building this longer term narrative to exactly what you said. Osprey eventually is going to win and it's going to feel amazing. Yeah. I, um, man, the one thing, another thing I worry about with AEW in terms of, like, chemistry is that I don't think anybody on their roster is at Kenny Omega's level when Kenny Omega's at, like, you know, operating at peak. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, have the greatest match of all time. In terms of work rate, no. Yeah. Um, and that's probably a problem. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could be something long-term that they correct in, like, Moxley... Is probably the closest thing that they have on the on the roster in terms of being able to keep up with his pace yeah. and wrestle big matches. After that, it's Cody, and Cody's a character wrestler. Yeah, char- yeah, he's not gonna you know give the same kind of counters and whatever. He, I mean, and the thing is, he could absolutely try. Cody, if if nothing else, is convinced he can do anything, and I admire the confidence. But I, it's one of those matches where if he were to fight Kenny in a big singles. I wouldn't want it to be the story of Cody trying to keep up. I would yeah. want it to be the story of two equally matched competitors right heads. Exactly. Or with like Omega Jericho, one guy who is physically not where he was, but can keep the entire arena glued on the on yeah. the match so you don't care. I feel like you have more of that than like someone like Okada who really is Omega's equal physically. Yeah. But yeah. Um I means the reason the G one supercard in April a, a, an arena that may not have been familiar with Kazuchika Okada, and for that matter, not nearly as familiar with Jay White, yeah. were rocking by yeah. the main event of just Okada, as you said, the equal of Omega, mm. knows what he's doing, great psychology, great promos, great fire, great mm. everything. Yeah. That's why he's the champ. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Do you have any other uh, highlights? I got a couple more. Uh, I mean, Kent is undefeated still. Oh, yeah. So, Forgot. Like, two, the two, guy, two of the guys... And the, they meet Saturday, I believe, or Sunday. Yeah. Saturday, yeah. Which, I mean, that's the genius of tournament booking, of, mm-hmm. like, if you have undefeated people, eventually they're going to collide. Yeah. And in this case, it's, uh, I love the story they're telling with Kenta of the company, the the wrestlers aren't really accepting of him, because he's yep. just like, who are you, you just came in. Some of the fans, too. Right. And Kenta, absolutely, like, he seems like the type of wrestler who's always been willing to listen to fans and adapt to them, which is kind of what you're coached against in the WWE in some ways. Right. So now he's getting the chance to embrace that. And doesn't necessarily make him, like, your typical bad guy or, like, a whiny heel. Yeah. He's just tougher. Yep. He's just a tough guy. I don't... It's hard to tell what his motivations are when he's not walking around yelling, Respect, Respect me! me! Every, like, three seconds. But, mm-hmm. you know, they'll work on it. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there's a Japanese translation that they can push through uh, and have him say every 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, they can have the wafy British guy fill us in on what we're supposed to think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I... I like Nigel. Um, what, yeah. <laughs> McGinnis? Or, yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, the, the Chris, I think, is his name. Oh, and, Chris Charlton. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like Chris, too. Yeah. We I, talked I, about it a lot, but, like, yeah. 
the, they're both super knowledgeable. I'll take McGinnis over Charlton any mm. day because McGinnis sounds like he's been in fights and is like grizzled. Charlton yeah. sounds like if you spilled his drink, he would cry. Yeah, I don't know. He, I don't, they tried to take him off the commentary, and the fans revolted so much that they put him back on. So good. he's doing something right. Um, he's very good with context. Him and Kevin Kelly are very good at that. Yeah, and I feel like Rocky Romero is the color. Yes, for sure, yeah. definitely. Yeah, he's Rocky. Will tell you when he hates a wrestler. <laughs> hates a bushi. Yeah, or bushi. Bushi. You're right. Bushi. Yeah, he, he loves. Um, yeah. Who doesn't? You can't. You can't not. You see those eyes. Uh, <laughs> the the dough butts of the soul. Right. Um, and then he just planned, buried his knee and sounded his face dough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two pretty guys having a pretty fight and then uh, pretty one. Yep. Good match. I feel like they've done better, but yeah, you know, I see. So in the Wrestle Friends thread that we have, friend of the show Dave Thomas is like, oh, San- Sonata is one of my favorites, and I Sonata is great. I feel like I wish that Sonata that was in the New Japan Cup was here because yeah. I feel like he's going through motions a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I feel like everyone's kind of pacing themselves a little bit, and I mean Nabushi's ankles all fucked up, so yeah. he's doing A plus work as far as I'm concerned, having like B plus matches yeah. on one leg. Because he's a to- he's Kota Ibushi, yeah, and he can do that. It's an excellent point because I mean he is slower, like you're saying, but it it's tougher psychology wise for somebody like Sonata, who's not so much disaffected, but just kind of aloof, similar to Naito, but he's yeah. not Naito, right? So he's somewhere in between, like so handsome that people are gonna love him no matter what he does, as long as he has an expression on his face. Yep, but. It seems like Evil is getting a story of just, like, breaking out from the pack, like, LIJ-wise. Mm. Okada's champ, Kenta's a rebel, Lance Archer is insane and will kill you. Right. Uh, Zack Sabre can't win, Fale is Fale. Uh, so everyone has this interesting twist to them, and I feel like Sonata's just a, th- a pretty pirate. You're right. He doesn't... He's never had much of a character, which is his big weakness. Yeah. Uh, hopefully eventually. He has a cold skull! <laughs> can't you feel the lack of heat? Keaton. Eden's had a cold skull, and that's oh. when I put my hand on his head, and then he doesn't have a cold skull anymore. Oh, mo- oh boy. <laughs> right? That's how that works. Whoa. No, we can't do belly rubs during the podcast. Yeah. It's a vi- not a visual medium. Um, Aside from that, I, I feel like there's a duel of super kicks that is never going to happen with Ziggler and Shawn Michaels for oh, yeah. SmackDown. I know. I saw a thing that um, Ziggler is not going to have a match with either Shawn Michaels or The Miz. <laughs> It's uh, the ultimate Ziggler book. Yeah, which <laughs> makes me feel like, so are Shawn Michaels and The Miz going to just show up and, like, high-five a couple times? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm for it. I don't, you know. I would love if they booked a match, if, like, if it's confirmed that Ziggler's not wrestling, and they no. just have someone come out that, like, weirdly looks like Ziggler, but not really, and they just take a wig off, and it's Maurice, who yeah. still has long blonde hair. But yeah. And then they just all high-five. Yes, but her hair is nice. It That's is. That's the big difference. Right, and people like her. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, uh. Yeah. Uh, I also watched uh, the most recent Eve show happened, mm. uh, which is uh, very good, I'll say. Not their best, but, like, it's fascinating to watch them because they've essentially had to reboot. Because, like, as you you know, after watching Wrestle Kingdom, uh, Kaylee Ray and Viper are gone. Yep. That's their two of their, like, champion scene essentially for that show and charlie morgan had to retire yeah so that essentially means that they're just like fucking who is available they, they started a tournament uh for number one contenders whatever and uh yeah they still have a pretty decent roster but yeah. it's just it's it's interesting to watch because it's it's not often that you get to see a company basically just reboot itself uh unless it's lucha underground season four mm. and i trust uh, Eve to do a better job than that. 
I feel like the harbinger of change is Modelo beer. Yeah. <laughs> you just see on on Eve, they just start cracking ten ounce. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I would hope that they would have better beer than that. I mean, selfishly, I would hope that like Laura Di Matteo would be one of your breakouts because I, I feel like she really she was the one who stood up for yeah. me. Yeah, I think she's. I think she's going to win the she won. Yeah, and that's like a long. That's like <clears throat> in November, so that's long term. But she essentially was. She was in the tournament. Uh, for the championships, and then, like, somebody, like, grabbed her ankle while uh, she was, like, running at the ropes, and <coughs> they got, or someone got disqualified or something, yeah. she was able to uh, make it through. So, I think she got screwed out of the title shot this time, and I think it's gonna lead its way to her versus Reed O'Reilly eventually. Yeah, I, I I like that a lot. I yeah. I really like their tag team. I just, it, I'll, I'll say it again, I just love the in-ring aggression that yeah. a lot of these matches have, that I feel like is just missing in indies i feel like it's part of it's the like the feminine aggression because they're the lady wrestlers that like i feel like classic ring of honor was missing like ring of honor was really good at choreography and fast paces yeah and near falls and just endless numbers of kicks out kickouts but i feel like what took me out of watching that in the day was it lost its believability like if mm-hmm. i watch roderick strong and austin aries get a doomsday device from the Briscoes seven times. It's like, right. I, don't, I don't know what's supposed to end this. Yeah. But Eve builds to, like, satisfying endings, and, like, you do get to know the characters better as, like, the matches go on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And the other highlight I wanted to point out was, uh, Stardom has new Artist of Stardom Champions. That they're, that's their, uh, uh, trios title, uh, including Natsu Sumire, who has been champion for, like, what was it, like the 15th one that she wanted? So it's been about five days, but it's one show, essentially. Mm. And she cut a promo at the start of the most recent show that they posted, uh, where she screams, I am a champion, so many times that eventually she's like, if I keep screaming it, they're going to get mad at me. <laughs> and then she ends the, ends the promo saying, this promo has been longer than the match will be. <laughs> and, <laughs> and at one point also breaks kayfabe and says she had, she's adopted a little bit of someone else's character. It's... <laughs> It's wild stuff. She's one of my favorite comedy wrestlers. Uh, congrats to her. Yeah. Uh, she's also asking why she's in the opening match now that she's a champion, <laughs> even though it's like a tag belt. So right. it's not like it's still it's it's a championship, but it's not one that's going to keep you out of the opening shot. <laughs> I mean, pe- champions who get self-important. It's one of yeah. the best things in the world. It's yeah. why RVD's TV title meant a lot in ECW. It's why Shinsuke main evented Wrestle Kingdom as the Intercontinental Champ. Yep. If you add prestige to the belt rather than expecting the reverse to happen, it'll happen. Yep. Ah, uh, yeah. Any other highlights? Uh, I was going to say on the <laughs> the uh, topic of self-entitled pricks. Randy Orton going to lose to Kofi Kingston. Love oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's going to be fun. On the journey there, just being like in character, which who knows how much of a tro- uh, crossover to real life, being like, yeah, I did hold you down 10 years ago. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I yeah. like the, uh, I, I'm, like I said, I'm excited for the promos that they do. I mean, it, it's the same thing that got me excited for him versus <clears throat> AJ at WrestleMania. Yeah. Was that, it's like, yeah, fuck you for wrestling in bingo halls. I was main eventing against Undertaker. Kofi, yep. you weren't ready. You're not ready now. I'm going to yeah. beat the shit out of you. Yep. Um, and that turned, and AJ versus Orton turned out, it happened. Yep. People got mad at the lights. I remember that. I mean, and that is fair. Yeah. If, like, a quarter of your 60, 80,000 people, however many, can't fucking see, then yeah, fuck True. the match. I'm yeah. blind. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ricky did? But yeah, I think that's great. Uh, I absolutely love that Bray Wyatt has finally, like, He's gotten... broken out of the TV and into the arena on our TVs. Into the gullet of Mick Foley with a yeah. mandible claw. Yep. Into the head of Finn Balor, which 
I mean, if they're not going to use the demon consistently, then there should be a demon in the WWE who isn't the Undertaker. And yeah, it's Bray. I'm. Yeah, I'm actually like it's been reported that Finn Balor's going to take some time off after yeah. SummerSlam, so I'm guessing that uh, he's going to eat the loss here and then take like a, however long he takes off and then come back as the demon and beat Bray, get his win back, whatever. Yeah. Which is fine. I want like a, I like the I like when that happens. Like, you get, a fifty-fifty book is fine if you have like a few months in between. Uh, the 50 and the 50, you know? Yeah. I'd even love, say, like, Bray's momentum continues to build, which I would want for him, because he's done so much what feels like yeoman's work of, this doesn't make sense for my character or my stable, but I'll do it because I'm told to. Yeah. That if he just, if it kept upticking, that by the time Balor was ready, you think they're going to face off and have, like, a one-on-one, and they end up teaming up like Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt did. Yeah. And they're just, like, a demonic tag team. That would be fun. I would just love to care more about the tag teams. I also want to see Finn Balor, uh... Interact with puppets. Yeah. I think that's mostly, uh, that's what I want out of WWE. And I think that's a good transition to our first topic here, which is, uh, how we would, uh, improve WWE's ratings. Uh, basically, it's been a topic of discussion because it, uh, they had their quarter two, um, financial report out today. I, I didn't look at that just yet. Mm. Um, but Variety a few days ago put up, uh, an op ed about their ratings and how they're sinking. And, uh, like, how the, it might, the, in their opinion, it falls on Vince McMahon. And, you know what? He's just an old man. Yeah. Uh, he's just a terrible old man who, you know what? He had a lot of ideas. And, um, we gotta give him some more ideas to turn things around because you can't bring Hulk Hogan back every six months. You shouldn't um, bring Hulk Hogan back. You really back shouldn't either. Uh, you shouldn't have brought him back the first time. Just leave him in Saudi Arabia. Yes. Have him tell them everything they want to hear. He's very good at pleasing people. Give him a billion dollars to just make the Saudi prince happy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and then you get, like, um, you know, they, they make sand versions of, like, Sergeant Slaughter or whatever, and Hulk Hogan beats that, and everybody goes home happy. Idea one, sand slaughter. <laughs> yes, idea one, sand people... Instead of jobbers, uh, instead of hiring local local talent that you know uh, might get some shine and might get popular somewhere else, why don't you just have Braun Strowman smash up some sandcastles? That's right. It's July. We're in Boston, uh, near a location that Jerry's taught at. Yeah. There's a sandcastle contest that happens on the beach every year. Mm-hmm. Braun Strowman's going to come for your castle. Yeah. Why not just do that? I mean, we're getting past the midway point of summer. Who needs those fucking castles anymore? Mm-mm. You just run through them. Uh, what was your <laughs> idea for bringing up the ratings? Two words, legend holograms. All right. Give me Andre the Giant versus Big Show. Yes, absolutely. I, Dude, I am actually waiting for the day when we can do, like, hologram wrestlers. Yep. Uh, first off, that would make the um, Legends episodes of Raw a little bit more exciting. Oh, and also just, like, tragically set. Could you imagine if, like, you pre-programmed the holograms to have certain dialogue and the people <laughs> fuck up their lines? Oh, no. <laughs> just, like, they're waiting for their beat and the hologram just, like, skips. Yeah. Or it shows the wrong person. Oh. I mean, there's a lot that could go wrong, but I just, I, I love absurdity and just the chaos of pro wrestling as it is. But yeah. just, like, yeah. Eddie Guerrero versus Shawn Michaels in their primes. Or dig up the corpse. I don't know. <laughs> sure. <That> seems- <laughs> They Whoa! Said, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> P- I don't know if that's PG or not. We did not. <laughs> we went from lights on a wall to exhuming bodies. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> just one body. I don't. There's not another dead wrestler. I really want to see more. This is why Jared like topped at uh, 
<laughs> teaching in local schools rather than corporate business because the pressure of the idea of this <laughs> broke him to the point where we are necromancers. <laughs> Can't spell necromancer without romancer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, she got uh, in big words, monster trucks. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. If you can fit a monster truck in the arena, fucking do it. You know what? A lot of <laughs> WWE shows don't have a full audience, right? So you get as many of the people into the front rows as possible, <laughs> and then up in them fucking balconies and mezzanines, monster trucks all day. You're like if you think you're gonna throw a beach ball around with your fellow <laughs> fans. No, that fucking monster truck's gonna grab that beach ball and probably run you over. <laughs> I like that it's sentient. Yeah. Like, because I'm imagining. Well, <laughs> well <laughs> a person's driving it. Okay. Still. <laughs> I, just, I took a liter- just a literal interpretation of the, the truck grabs the ball. <laughs> just like, it's like the cars from Pixar. Yeah, but, I mean, they don't have that money yet, right. but after our ideas get through. <laughs> They'll be able to afford as many sentient cars as they want. That just the idea of that, because like we've had the visuals, which are like normal for wrestling visuals of like the Hell in a Cell of the steel cage hanging above yeah. the ring. I'm just imagining like the tarp soft areas. You have people like hitting beach balls, like you said, and then a monster truck, and then more people. are just like, no, 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 that's Chekhov's monster truck. That's getting involved, right? No, it's not. <laughs> that would be dangerous for the wrestlers. One, two, and oh, it's Grave Digger. <laughs> Making sure Alexa Bliss doesn't take that loss. Yeah. I mean, you don't want the monster trucks to get involved in the wrestling. Right. You just want them up in there around. So, like, <laughs> let's say, was most of the arena, if you're at a wrestling show, you're looking at a WWE show in a big stadium, you're looking down. Right. And then sometimes your neck hurts, you look up, monster trucks, oh, more bang for your buck. <laughs> That's my opinion. Your idea is brilliant. Thank uh, you. My idea. Uh, see, they, want, they said they were going to be... Still PG, but a little bit more edgy. Live sack show. Bring, <laughs> bring it back. Wait, no, I, I'm I'm not sure I heard you right. Like live sax is in Kenny G or like people fucking. I don't. I think I think Kenny G played clarinet, if I recall. You did, but I couldn't think of a single like I didn't want to segue into like Bill Clinton jokes. Like, I couldn't think of like a sexy sax player aside from the sexy sax man. <laughs> um. <laughs> There's that. Uh, the big man from Springsteen's band, but he's he's dead, but I'm sure there's somebody else. <laughs> if we're bringing back Andre and Eddie. Whoever did. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's tr- well, I, I feel weird about uh, pulling up non-wrestler graves. Uh, <laughs> that's the like, line. It, you got it. A man must have a code. <laughs> um, <laughs> big man did. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I, uh, well, I'm getting... Whoever played the sax at the beginning of Carly Rae Jepsen's Run Away With Me, <laughs> get them in there, uh, bring back Edge and Lita, do, do the, that again, but the sax instead of sex. Um, were they just dry humping that, or were they trying to play it? Trying to play it, obviously. Oh. <laughs> yep. Just a duet, a duel, uh, you know, whatever they want to do. Let, oh, that, let the wrestlers have the creative freedom. Just the the raw, <laughs> visceral disappointment of the fans who are just like, they're bringing back Hedge and Lita. That's a weird title, but they're going to they're gonna fuck this time, right? Like, <laughs> nope. They're just playing brass instruments. No, Edge is happily married to Beth Phoenix. He's not going to... Sax is about as much as he should do. Also, his neck is fragile, so... Right. Um, uh, the sax also might be too heavy in that case. This is true. <laughs> yep, these are the safe ways to do these ideas. You're right. Yeah. 
Um, it's funny that we so we mentioned this a little bit, just like darker things. I had uh, have the roster uh, work with Papa Shango. He uh, exhumes their inner demons and wrestles those. Ooh. So, yeah, uh, Triple H would fight Obscurity. <laughs> um, Bronze uh, was, I had Seth Rollins and Finn Balor would fight Carbohydrates. <laughs> and Dolph Ziggler would fight Reality. Mmm, I like <laughs> 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 Tall Ziggler would fight. Uh, good comedy. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just gets put in a submission by a long, rambling story. <laughs> Just gets beaten up by the ghost of Richard Pryor. That one does not involve digging up a grave. That's a ghost that's different. Um, <laughs> I can see the t-shirt now. Richard Pryor, ghost that's different. Put it on your torso. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think that works. Also, uh... Papa Shango, Papa Gino versus Dobutz. <laughs> One of those, like, you know, those WWE produced ads they used to do, like when Enzo tried to fuck that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh god, yeah, and he, when he implied that he had sex with Xavier Woods' trombone. Yeah. This, yeah, this precedent for brass instruments. You're a genius. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I taught so many schools. <laughs> 33 and counting. Yeah. Resume's so good, can't say no. Um, I got... Uh, so I started delving into, like, what do I like in video games? And I okay. thought of a classic. Uh, have Braun Strowman host a segment where he beats the shit out of a car. And oh. that's segment one. But next yeah. week it's a different vehicle and people help him. Yeah. You have a time limit. It's like the bonus stages in Street Fighter where you're just trying to get the highest score. And I also just want to see Braun Strowman doing sweep kicks and yeah. breaking bend- breaking bumpers. That honestly should have been something they did when they were doing those Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman are competing over things kind of segments. Yeah. Uh, instead of like, what do they do, tug of war? Yeah. Uh, fuck that. Right. Fucking have them break up some cars. And then you get the product placement of the car. Yeah. And I mean, that doesn't help ratings, but that's got to help the bottom line somehow. Right. I have, uh, <laughs> I've written after that. Goldberg, no, because he almost eviscerated his oh, elbow yes, once upon a time, trying to kill a limo. Yes, he punched it, he punched through a glass window, uh, that, did he think he was gimmicked? I don't think he did, right? He just thought he could do it. He thought he could do it. Because he's a strong man. Yeah, he, uh, lacerated an artery in his elbow, yep. and he almost bled to death. Yes. All right, Keaton, I know that we watched the G1, and we said, we're watching strong mans because we're strong mans. But sometimes it's not good to be a strong, strong man. Like, could you imagine if Guardian Angels were real and they were just like, no, Goldberg, yeah. now is not your time. You have to go embarrass yourself in the desert. Yeah. Uh, well, I think they would say, no, don't get on the flight to Saudi Arabia. You can miss this one. Yeah. Uh, don't go to Saudi Arabia. Don't go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> just don't. That's the concussion talking. <laughs> you Maybe you can lift, you know, a 300-pound weight. But that's different from lifting a 300-pound man, uh, especially when you're supposed to not drop him on his head. Oh, God. Next time we should do a, a countdown of all the things that were going through Goldberg's head during the match. Ooh, like, concussion yeah. of just, like, goes backstage after the match. Thank you, Pence of Audi Arabia. I love Raspberry Boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got, make the shows a choose-your-own-adventure. Um, oh, boy, that's ambitious. Yeah! Now, like, you may be thinking, Taboo Tuesday, Cyber Sunday, they sort of did that. No. No. In the style of, like, Bandersnatch. You have it so, like, there are branching storylines. It would be a mess. (laughs) But I feel like Live Crowd is a way to do it, and also for, like, a pay-per-view, so that there's just, like, a digital audience. You don't even have to have... You could do all pre-tapes. Yep. You don't have to have your talent show up, like, in the moment, which would arguably be more exciting, and you can, but, like... Already do that. You have so many people employed already. 
You have tons of audiovisual resource. Just do it. Yeah. I mean, they have the technology. They just dub- updated the WWE Network to have a, a, a functioning search function. Yeah. Uh, so they're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> they're almost there. And that thing that was so complicated, they had to delay the season of uh, uh, Black Mirror. Man. Uh, you got anything else? I know you got more because I only came up with a handful. I do. Um, I'll riff on what you got. <clears throat> Uh, have have it like regular recurring roster talent shows for the people who don't have fleshed out characters. Okay. So people like Apollo Cruz and Dana Brooke, where nothing's ever really stuck long term, or in Bo Dallas, have them challenge them to show a hidden talent that <clears throat> starts to define their character. Like, yeah. Drake Maverick and uh, is basically defined by the twenty four seven title now, even though he was like weirdly AOP's manager and right. is the general manager. Yeah. Now we know him as the guy who doesn't fuck. Exactly. <laughs> And I feel like it would just give an opportunity for people who are just kind of there, like, uh, they dump the Ascension being friggin', like, Mad Max people, and it, it's not, it doesn't really have a meaning to it. Yeah. Just have people, like, give them a minute or, like, two minutes, like, not so much cut a promo as much as, like, show something you can do. Yeah. And then have that just, like, flash them out more. I mean, that's kind of like what they sort of sometimes do in NXT when they have, like, a pre-tape, you know, like, that time they tried to make Roddy Strong a face. Yep. And, like, those were really good segments, and it didn't stick, but, like, you know, I got to know him as a person. Yeah. And apparently his, his parents were murdered or some shit. Yeah. Uh, that well, was crazy. Do, what was it? It was... So his dad assaulted his mom. Yes. And right. I, thankfully, I don't think anybody died, but right. it was one of those things where they separated because of why wouldn't they at that point... And he was just talking about the difficulty of, like, living with separated parents. Or I, his dad got arrested. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it was more extreme than just that. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, something very dark and tragic happened. I think it was more yeah. than more than just uh, assault. Right. But I don't remember what it is. And it's too late to go back. Yeah. Uh, um, I got McMahon Dunk Tank. Yeah, well, we all want that. <clears throat> yeah, just throw uh, it on the stage, one of them. Just yeah. every so often a wrestler throws a ball or just punches the thing and they go in the water. Yeah, um... I mean, Vince would love that. I don't know how he would feel if he was the one being thrown into the tank, but, like, if it was Shane, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine just the pure humidity of the environment of very sweaty Shane McMahon, then dunk him in water <laughs> in just a reverse sponge effect happening yeah. where, the like, the arena becomes an ocean. Yeah. <laughs> he just sucks up the water like a, a blueberry. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and, the, and Willy Wonka. Um, and, yeah, the last thing I had was just, like, interactive trivia contests. Like, they used to have their fantasy league. Yep. So instead of that, just, like, in real time, during the show, ask trivia questions, have people gain points, they can redeem them towards, like, merchandise and future things. Yeah. That works, man. Keep people engaged. Yeah. They don't... It's weird that they have a... They have a better mastery of social media than, like, most companies, but they still aren't leveraging it in a way that makes you want to tune in. Right. Like, immediately. Because they weird. still hate their fans. <laughs> it's still a true thing. Yeah, it's, it's like, true. They hey, hate their... dumb dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in this week. Did you know that you're fat and stupid? <laughs> anyway, here's Lacey Evans. We... <laughs> they hate their fans. They love our money. Yeah. It's a really complicated relationship. Yep. Which, it, like, it, in hindsight, it explains every bit of why Seth Rollins loves it there. Yeah. Because he just, just doesn't like other people. Yeah. Or just, like, very much loves himself. I think it's it's fairer to say that he just thinks the world of himself and loves that he's the center of attention. Yeah. I mean, he's dating Becky Lynch, so... Yeah. Uh, he, he's doing better than a lot of people. That's fair. Uh, not me. Not me or Dennis, but... Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, take that, rich and famous pro wrestler Seth Rollins. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have dough butts. Uh, <laughs> the butts that are dough. Yeah. Um, we both have had knee surgeries like you, Seth Rollins, but we have integrity. Yeah. Also, we'll eat the dough butts. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're not worried about losing our eight-pack abs. Nope. We'll eat them all day, and they, they'll they take, we'll be relieved when they're still food. It's true. Yeah. Oh. Gotta, I really, we gotta find a sponsor that's not, like, junk food. Um, <laughs> but. And it doesn't cut the roof of your mouth, like, you know, the glass you get in chips in a bag. Lot, yeah, lots and lots of chips. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, don't tell Gary that. That's the name of the guy. Um, that's already too much information for people. They shouldn't eat this product. Nah, I don't think that's true because they are sponsoring our podcast. Um, that's also Gary's catchphrase. But I don't think that's true. <laughs> like, this is too much money I'm giving you. Yeah. <laughs> that was not true. <laughs> you gave him the right amount of money. Uh, it's generally 30 cents per bag, and if you paid any more than that, uh, you fucked up. You got Gary. That's on you. <laughs> um, dough butts, 20 bucks a dough. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot for a dough butt, but... Sometimes it's baked, sometimes it's not... Yeah. Dough butts. But if you got like a nut allergy and you can't have dough nuts, dough butts is the way to go. And that's why it costs extra. <laughs> oh, God. Sur- I can't wait for the Surgeon General's warning. Can't wait for the Surgeon General to try it. Yeah. I think you'll be like, this is good. As a surgeon, they cut the donut good and then they arrange it into a butt even better. Jesus. <laughs> I like that everybody. In the in the real world context, outside of this podcast, communicates like they just learned what a paragraph is, and they're really trying to get to five sentences. <laughs> like the, anything that t- it takes, <laughs> it's like the simplest thoughts smacked together, like a dough butt. Ugh. That is how they're made. <laughs> Simple thoughts smacked together. Into a donut, then you cut the donut, and then you arrange it like a butt. Um, <laughs> dough butt. Uh, sponsoring podcasts like the Wrestle Down on the Geek Down Network. Geek Down! Uh, get your butt. Get your dough. Oh my god. Okay, so you want to do Segment Mania? Segment Mania! Bah, bah, I do. Bah. Well, so today we're going to talk about uh, late career uh, resurgences, man. Hell yeah. Um... So I made a top ten list of okay. just, like, people who I feel like are good. There's going to be some obvious names on here. I feel like the, the number one is going to be kind of a no-brainer. But mm-hmm. I picked some obscure ones because I feel like they exemplify what happens when you think a wrestler has shown everything that they have. They either don't have the creativity in themselves or companies aren't going to see anything else to do something successfully with them. Yeah. But surprise, surprise, tons of mileage and other things that come. Uh, number one... Um, ECW's Terry Funk. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, they needed a mainstay at a time where they were trying to stand out in 93, 94, 95, all the way up to their first pay-per-view in 97. And he was basically their stamp of legitimacy. Yep. You would expect him to have been done, given that he was like doing fucking hardcore shit in the 80s. Yep. Uh, but nope. He is still... He might still be out there now. Yeah. Like, I, I almost researched that today, but honestly, the idea of watching any video clip of the last few years, I he... No, I'm not going to watch it. But yeah. Like. He he was having trouble walking in, like, matches ten years ago, but he uh, 
won a triple threat in the very first ECW um, pay-per-view, went on to beat Raven and become the first inaugural, or not, no, 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 the, like, the champion at their first pay-per-view at the end of the night was what he was, because Shane Douglas was the first champ, but without him, there would have been very little, like, positive momentum and, like, wrestler recognition to really carry them forward. You need yeah. a Terry Funk to build a Sandman, a Raven, a Tommy Dreamer around mm -hmm. him. Yeah. yeah, and he's, like, he's a mainstay of, like, those old, like, AWA days. Uh, according to Wikipedia, the last match they've listed for him on Wikipedia was September 22, 2017, which is too recent. Yes. Uh, that, that's crazy recent. Yeah. Kind of reason that. It's kind of crazy how it's like some guys can like just go on forever like that. Like, uh, Great Sasuke is still out there. Yeah. Um, great, great Muto was at the Royal, the Royal Rumble version that Ring of Honor New Japan had this year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Just shambling to the ring like a goddamn possessed samurai, looking great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Who else you got? Uh, number two, this is a sentimental favorite because he's blowing me away with what he's doing right now, Lance Archer. Yeah. Um, I watched a uh, G1 match from 2011, and he was in it. So eight years ago, he looks the same, which is crazy. That, like, a guy that big has stayed... He's, like, seven feet tall. He's probably, like, a lean 240, 50 pounds. Like, not, a, like, a bulky heavyweight. No, yeah. But he's fast. He appeals to the crowd. He beats the shit out of Young Lions. He has the simplest catchphrase in the world, and he says it incredulously <laughs> all of the time as if people can't remember. It's just, everybody dies! Yep. Everybody dies! Um, it, it led him to a new finisher. He has, like His character resurgence, he cares so much about like his mannerisms, and like just he has a weird thing where he spits into his own hand. Like yeah. No one looks like him. No one moves like him. He just head claws you to death now. And it works because he has that much like performance confidence. It's awesome. Yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of presence and intensity. Yep. Um, I was shocked to find out how old he is. How old is he? Uh, he's like he's in his forties. Dang. Think, I think he's like the same age as Tanahashi, which is crazy to think of. Yeah. Considering how like I mean Tanahashi's looking great for his age as a wrestler for how high impact he is, but like you can tell like the miles are starting to wear. Yeah. And like you get that a little bit less with Archer. Yep. I mean, Archer, because I, I remember he was, like, seconding Kid Cash when mm -hmm. I was first getting into TNA in, like, 2001, and he was just a tall guy who didn't really know how to wrestle, mm -hmm. and 18 years later, he's a bona fide, like, perennial contender in, the, in your mid-card for, like, your never-open weight, your U.S. title, but you could bump him up to the main event and make him a monster. Yeah. Like... Has Archer ever competed for either of those titles? I honestly... W I don't think he's faced Okada yet. But, and like, for the never or the... I don't think he's ever competed. Oh, for the mid-card titles. He's never competed for a singles title, as far as I know. No, I feel like he's always one of those guys who tours through the company and then goes off and does other things. Yeah, I think he's, like, he, after this G1, he should. Yeah. Uh, I love him in that, like, area, but he hasn't yet. Yeah, well, not, I don't think any of the champions except for Okada are in A Block. I, except for Sabre, who has yeah. the Rev Pro title, which would be... I'd watch it, but it'd be strange yeah. to watch Archer go from Japan to Brit Britain just for that. Um... But, yeah, and I just, he's just so, like, pleasantly violent. Um, there was a tag match against Okada in the, the this version of the G1 where he just has his head claw around Tanahashi, his music's playing, and he just yeah. sings along to it yeah. while he's crushing, <laughs> yeah. like, Tanahashi. You love it. Yep. He's doing great, great, like, career-defining work right now. Yep. Or redefining work, really. Yeah. Um, all right, Next. Uh, his uh, murder grandpa, Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, I can't, I have trouble knowing how much of a late career resurgence it is because, like, we're American fans. We just got into New Japan within the last five years or so. Yeah. So, like, 
I feel like he's just been around for a while. I think that's tr- that's true and that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, so our perspective jades it a little bit, but I feel like there are certain people, and it's it's definitely unique to Japan, I think, more than any other kind of ecosystem, that an entire faction can just go to another company, yeah. be regularly active there, and then come back and still have a lot of momentum and cohesion. Um, but he's just constantly a threat to everybody. Yeah. Like, he, him and Liger are probably going to have an amazing match at Wrestle Kingdom if it happens there. I think it's gonna. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's where... Yeah, you're right. They haven't confirmed it yet, but I mean, Liger says he's going to retire at the Dome, and how many opportunities are there between the G1 and then to really have yeah. that match? So, like, one living legend, one guy who is easily, by the time he's going to be retired, is going to be considered one yeah. in Suzuki, and he's just very much like Archer, makes it a regular habit of beating the shit out of young lions and terrorizing them. And it's one of those things where, like, anybody can just take shortcuts in matches. Anybody with any character can just, like, shove the ref or give the timekeeper trouble or yell at the announcers. But when you do it as an add-on to your character and to really get the audience involved when you feel like they're either sitting on their hands or they're waiting to react to you, he just has a very good, intense sense of himself and also when to pull people in yeah, that you can't really teach people. Yeah, he's got a he's got a great intensity. Yeah. Hard strikes. He's his fifties. Yeah. I know. You would never guess like he's uh I mean he could have been in this year's G one, I yeah. and no one would have batted an eye. Right. Um and he's still having really great matches uh up to now. And he was a babe when he was young. Yeah. And he's one of those wrestlers who can just uh have on his resume not as good as yours, but on his own resume, yeah. that he took over a faction just from the head down. He took mm-hmm. over Kojima-kun and became, made it Suzuki-kun. Yep. And uh, Kojima is still just off, you know, hanging out with Tenzan somewhere. Yeah. Um, in terms of just, like, other big muscly daddies, uh, PCO! Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Who would have known the, what, the fucking Mountie? Oh, Mountie. When, when we were children. Yeah. Uh, would still be wrestling and would probably have been the best part of at least one segment on that uh, New Japan ROH card. Yeah, took a powerbomb from the middle of the ring to the outside of the ring from G.O.D., who yep. don't give a fuck about you. Yes. So they absolutely threw him really, really hard at the ground, and he fucking sat up like Undertaker and then died. Yes. But, he, but he's also a Frankenstein exactly. monster, so it's fine that he died. He'll come back. Yeah, arguably it makes him like Mil Muertes, where he's stronger because he died. Yeah, so my necromancer idea, not as crazy now that you bring up PCO. Right. It And, like, who else? Like, name five other people in Ring of Honor. Uh, Matt Taven. Okay. Uh, ACH is gone. Uh, what's his name? Marty Scurll. Yep. Uh, Brody King. Yep. Uh, is Tennille Dashwood still with them? Maybe. I don't think I don't so. think so. I don't think so either. Right. Uh. He's boop. holding it up. Yeah. Like. Boop it a boo. Yeah. And like, it, the, it has to be like a contract that keeps Marty Scurll around and not in AEW, so it's easy yeah. to forget him. Fuck Matt Taven, yeah. <laughs> now and forever, giant purple douchebag from Boston. Um, and then after that, it's just kind of like erstwhile people like Flip Gordon, yeah. Bully Ray's running around still, the oh, Briscoes right. are still yes, fucking I'm, there. The Briscoes were the next people I was going to bring up, because yeah. that's two people, and that brings <laughs> me to five. <laughs> Split them into two, you got a tag team. <laughs> and fucking Jay Lethal, who like, seemingly never work anywhere else. He's who I was trying to think of like the most, but yeah. Yeah. So, like, in 2019, where there there is a lot of wrestling to keep up with if you want to really, like, spread yourself in terms of your attention, PCO is, like, their number one guy. He's not even champion. Yeah. But he stands out. Yep. 
Um, in that same vein, fucking Rhino. Uh, yeah, that guy consistent throughout. But yeah. like, yeah, I liked his last run in WWE. He before he even popped up on the main roster helping out Heath Slater, which easily was one of the best parts of helping. I got kids. <laughs> he was propping up people in NXT. He pro- he's the one of the biggest reasons why Corbin got over. Yeah. Which is it's easy to just like think of Corbin and think of the squashes, which happened in right. Got him to a certain point down there, but Heel Bear and Corbin wouldn't have happened without Rhino. Yep, definitely. Yeah, um, he started the ball rolling on what Baron Corbin eventually became. Yeah, and he's still going. He just debuted sort of for Impact, Impact, and yeah. now he is an Impact. Yeah, I, I read an interview with him recently because he... Um, it was about how he turned down an extension with WWE because he they offered him a, a ton of money, apparently, to yeah. just... Essentially, he would have just been sitting around backstage, but he wanted to be, like, in the ring with younger guys to, like, help them grow and, like, you know, tell better stories and be just better wrestlers. Yeah. And that's admirable. Absolutely. I mean... forward. Because, like, Impact for what it is, and I admire, like, the things that they do with the resources that they have, Slammiversary was main evented by Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan, mm-hmm. which is a bold intergender move in 2019. I'm glad it happened. Yeah. But their depth, their depth chart is not super deep either. No. So yeah. you need people like him in, like, this weird ECW resurgence that's sort of happening. But Rhino's a solid guy to get in there and help out. Yep. Um, speaking of solid veterans, R-Truth. He oh, reinvented yeah. himself around the 24-7 title. Yeah. And it's absolutely kept Carmella relevant yeah. because all the props in credit in the world to her, whatever she's given, she always works with. And it's uh, paid forward to Drake Maverick. So yeah. you have two stars who haven't been around for a ton of time in WWE with Carmella and Drake and Truth popping them up. Yep. And Drake, I mean, not Drake, um, and our truth has just been like, he's like, he, I think his resurgence really started with the Mixed Match Challenge. Yes. His ship with Carmella there was brilliant dance break baby yeah he's definitely one of those guys are like you give him like five seconds of you know creative freedom and he's gonna do the best that he can with it whether that's he's gonna have the best highlight reel when he goes into the hall of fame yeah for sure he's yeah he's very much like because he's been so much of a character wrestler he's had his hands in in so many things with the awesome truth with Mm -hmm. little jimmy with the 24 7 title with k quick and like it's good entrance music still i'll fight in terms of like ninety nine two thousand when he was tagging with Road Dog, yep. Um, he it, they're gonna why wouldn't they use like TNA fo- footage from him being a world heavyweight champion? Mm-hmm. And three live crew was not bad. Yep. So he's had a ton of highlights. Can't wait for him to go into the Hall of Fame and then his speech begins with him accepting a slammy. <laughs> like a one hundred percent no, that's gonna happen. Please. <clears throat> yeah. And like that's one of those things where the obvious thing should happen because it's so ah uh, yeah. Mark Henry wearing the uh, pink uh, jacket at his Hall of Fame. That's another late career resurgence that I was going to bring up. Is he on your list? No. Oh, should be. Because, like, yeah. for a long... I think Mark Henry... I mean, he was around during the Attitude Era. And, like, I only watched, like, the tail end. But I got enough of him to be like, oh, this guy's not going to go anywhere. He's just he's hired because he's strong. Yeah. And then I stopped watching for, like, a year or two, like, during the ascendance of Cena and Batista. And then when I came back, Mark Henry was fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, he had that, like... How long was his, like, run to, like, uh, the House of Pain... It, it honestly seems like it's longer. It was a year. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. It's only a year, but it was like an incredible run. He did great character work. He came off as a... He was doing this... That was definitely his career best yep. uh, time. Absolutely. It's it's one of those things that when it was happening at the time, the lead up to it before the, like, the payoff with him beating Randy Orton for the title, mm-hmm. I was indignant because Brodus Clay came up with Paula Payne. It mm-hmm. was his idea, and then they took it, and they gave it to Henry. And I was like, oh, that's bullshit. You're just like taking ideas from younger talent and putting them on the veterans but it absolutely worked yeah and in hindsight 
Brodus ain't done shit since. Nope, he just so. he's just hosting a Fox News show now. Oh god. Did you hear about that? No. Oh, he uh he was co host of a Fox show, then he got busted for sexual harassment of his co host. Great. And now he has his own show. Good. <laughs> Good. That's how you reward that. <laughs> oh god. He got damn taken it. off of the one show and was like you, now you now you do it solo. Reporting live from Planet Funk. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, it's too bad because he was the life on glow. Yeah. Um, he was, and so was Carlito. Yep. Uh, it's here's a guy I didn't have on my list that I'm just gonna add in quickly as a bonus. Fucking Jinder Mahal. Oh yeah. Yeah. For a guy that got fucking fired for yeah. being milk toast, nothing got shredded and was world heavyweight champion, and a lot of people can never say that. Yeah, a lot of people don't like that he was champion. I, you know, first off, you know I I was very into it. You were super hyped. And, uh, like, he made the most of it. Yeah. He was a very effective... He- Alyssa fucking hates him. <laughs> <laughs> because he beat Shinsuke yeah. twice. Yeah. Uh, and that was probably the wrong call, in my opinion, but, like, it definitely built him up as a heel, and now he's sometimes in the 24-7, uh... Chase. Or the Mixed Match Challenge, and, like, he, yeah. he actually... Oh, that was good stuff, too. He's one of those guys that you can tap, similar to R-Truth, who he actually beat R-Truth on a golf course yep. recently for the 24-7 title and on a plane. Yeah. But he, him and Alicia Fox, there's just certain people that just thankfully have enough chemistry because they're so wacky, creative characters that, yeah. like... Alicia just trying to find, like, her inner Shanti and mm-hmm. gender being very calm and her being batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you find gold. Yes. Um... Speaking of gold, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, he would have been on my list. Uh, well, I did have a list in mind, but I figured I'd go through yours and see who else popped up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's. I mean, we thought he was done. Yeah. And now he's back, and he's doing some of his best, like promo work at least, and still having great matches. Yep. When they let him. If the rumor's true that he's going to go to 205 Live, this is a guy who can't stop giving to other people. Yeah. Like as as great as Kofi Mania is, and I'm glad that it's continuing. It wouldn't have mattered without an effective foil, and Brian was that. Yep. He took the title off of Flat Earther AJ Styles, because I can't, aside from getting kicked in the nuts a bunch, I can't tell you anything that was unique about AJ holding the title at that time. Nope. Made it relevant, beat all comers, uh, had an incredibly convincing bout against Brock Lesnar, despite just getting shit kicked for ten minutes. Yep. The Some of the most exciting five minutes of wrestling ever in the world was him against uh, Lesnar. Yeah, definitely. And is still going. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope he winds up on two or five left because I mean his his aim when coming back was to wrestle. Yeah, the thing like WWE, you're not really wrestling like in ring, you know, technician kind of style so much. But two or five live, they'll they'll let him do a forty five minute match against like Oni Lorcan if he wants to. He's got that kind of sway, I think. Yeah, you know, if he just like yeah, we're gonna do this like Iron Man match or something like that, they'll probably just nobody's. Nobody's in the office. It shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of like calls, it feels like no one's watching. James Ellsworth. Yeah. Went from total absolute obscurity to getting himself over yep. after a career of just being a jobber to being the second most important person in the program between AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose. Yep. He He's... overshadowed Dean Ambrose, which mm. is crazy. Right. Considering I... Moxley now. Yeah. I mean, Ambrose at the time also was just the hot as hell. Yeah. Like he was like, everyone was like, oh yes, of course. He's the WWE champion. He's the most popular guy in the roster. Right. And then the title kind of cooled him off somehow. So, yeah. I mean, he he won basically the the shield split where it was all three of them being champion on the same night. I mm-hmm. think it was like Battlegrounds, whatever the fuck they called it. Yep. Battleground, whatever. And yeah, parlayed into a feud with AJ, which felt like can't miss. And mm-hmm. then they added Ellsworth and somehow Ellsworth sucked up almost all the heat in a good way. Yep. And 
infamous as this is, uh, won the friggin' women's money in the bank ladder match. He's the first one. Yeah, I, you know. Eh, but he made the most of everything he was given. Yep. Also a creep. Uh, Very much. No, like, IRL. Yeah. uh, That came up. So, worth noting. Dang. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, he was texting, uh, DMing some underage girl, whatever. Boom. As as some people do, like, when they're, like, famous. It's gross. Yeah. Okay. So, wanted to, I want to add an asterisk to that one. Yeah, <laughs> happy to expunge that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, But speaking of, like, the Daniel Bryan Kofi Kingston. Yeah. Who, like, I mean, even a year ago, you would have been like, okay, this guy's going to run down the rest of his career uh, as a tag team guy. Yep. Uh, in the New Day. And they're amazing. They're yeah. having eight uh, five-star matches, whatever. Uh, but then now he's champion and he's killing it. Yep. In that role, he's got a his character's got a little bit more of an edge to it. Yep. And he's carrying the belt confidently, winning matches clean. It's amazing. It's great. It's one of the. It's one of those things that you feel like bookers are looking for, company owners are looking for, fans are looking to get behind. Of you get a guy who's been around for long enough, who's very talented, who's very charismatic, just needs an opportunity to really find his voice rather than get a mid-card title put on him, or have breakup moments in battle royals, or throw pancakes at people, which it's all very entertaining, but it all feels like placeholders for the next big step. Yeah. And he's making absolutely the most of it. He's literally beating all the demons of his past, and some randos that pop up every so often. Fuck you, Dolph Ziggler. (laughs) Yeah. And he's just, he's doing great. Mm -hmm. Um, Other guys who are doing great, just like, lengthy down the in their career, Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, he's he's not. I don't feel like going to be a like wrestling every week for them. No. But he's an attraction. Yeah. Like, as much as promoters love to just like point to an awesome Kong or anybody as just kind of or awesome Kong or just any of Aja Kong, I should say. Yeah. Um, just point to people and say like you're only going to see them every so often. Him. Yeah. And I think like I mean, if you had told me that uh, Goldust would have had a five star match in 2019. I would have told you that you're trolling me and blocked you on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it happened, and it's amazing. Can't believe it. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot to be said about doing a lot with a little, and the Rhodes brothers are just very talented at, we've said it before, like that 1980s, 1970s NWA style yeah. of emotionally hooking the crowd, bleeding a bunch, and mm-hmm. then delivering satisfying payoffs. Yeah. Um, all-time best career resurgence, in my opinion, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. 2002 to 2010. Yeah. No, there's no... Uh, I don't think there's any dispelling that. He broke his back. Yep. We all thought he was done. Yep. And then it looked very scary when he came back uh, with his, uh-huh. like... <laughs> Siri, you get the fuck out. Siri <laughs> agreed so much <laughs> with that talking point for the first time in this podcast came out of AI slumber to agree with us. Keaton, Ceres has said more things on this podcast than you, and she's not our mascot. <laughs> what a silly cat. We should stop paying her. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, he had that unsanctioned match with Triple H where he worked on the back the whole time and it was scary. Yep. Uh, and then he fucking came back and had basically the best run of his career. Yeah. Won the World Heavyweight title in the first ever Elimination Chamber. Yep. Uh, had an incredible match with Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 19. An Went incredible on. feud with Chris Jericho a couple years later. Yes, sir. That was one of the biggest reasons that Chris Jericho was able to flip so effectively. Yep. Uh, let his wife get punched in the face, <laughs> which what is fun. In service of the story. Yeah, in service of the story. Yeah. Um, but 
I don't know how many people at his age with his experience could still go at his level and arguably have the two greatest WWE matches ever against yeah. Undertaker. Right. It, it, it's very hard to think of any other matches that compare. No. Yeah. He. Yeah. It's he was in a position where he could like work uh, with a lot of younger talent and more than keep up with them and yep. probably teach them something. Yep. And I was teaching people stuff at the the, the training center with the, the PC. As if you needed another reason to love Matt Riddle. He's sitting under the learning <laughs> tree of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, he's gonna. He's already great, so yeah. it's gonna only get better from there. Mm-hmm. Um, like putting chocolate sauce on Legos. Two great things that go great together. Yeah. <laughs> right, Dina. Oh, you can't have chocolate, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Cats can't have chocolate, that's why Keaton can't have chocolate. But they can have... Dough, dough butts. butts. Not the chocolate dough butts, uh, just the glazed and probably blueberry. Uh, actually, no, you can't give animals blueberry things. My bad. Um, Editor's note, that's how the package is described. Probably blueberry. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I'm a stickler for branding, uh, and that's how they put it on the box. I just want a whole product line of these things where it's just like, it's like probably blueberry, smells like vanilla, we're not sure. They don't have the what's not, we're not sure flavor, but the other two, yeah, those are those are actual flavors in the Doughbutt factory. Check them uh, out on uh, Amazon's grocery freezer. Or at doughbutts.com, the butt dough, <laughs> slash, dough, question mark, butts with a Z. .html slash jpeg. If there was a friendlier way to invite a Trojan horse into your computer, we can't think of one. You know what? Horses are great. <laughs> <laughs> They're very pretty, and uh, some of them have interesting stories. I rode on a horse. It turns out it used to be a racehorse. Huh. That is a true fact about my life. Uh, yeah, that horse talked to you. <laughs> I, I was told it by the person who wrangled it. Okay, good. Who was a staffer at this uh, tour thing that I did uh, in Central Mass. So, listen, you got two choices in life. You can either eat the dough butts or ride a horse. And let me tell you, it's much easier to eat the dough butt. Um, it's very easy to imagine this was a freak field trip at one of the schools. <laughs> They're just like, listen, I can show you kids a video, but we're going to ride horses. It's... They're both very satisfying <laughs> in their own ways. But dough butts, they last forever because they're very hard to digest. Oh, God. <laughs> so if you're pooping too much... <laughs> oh, you thought this bit was over. <laughs> <laughs> you eat a dough butt, you're probably going to be good for 48 to 72 hours. <laughs> Jesus. Just know that. I think that's actually at the bottom of the copy in very small print, uh, but I am supposed to read it. Uh, they just made it very difficult because it's not something that most companies would put on the ad copy. But <laughs> it's very important, and I care so much about our listeners that I decided to read it anyway. We we care very much about the Geek Town. We care very much about the people who tune into the show. Without you, we would not be dough. We would not be butts. We would just be butts. <laughs> <laughs> You fucked up. <laughs> uh, this has been the Wrestle Down. Uh, I'm Jeff Falopel, Twitter.com, Swing Dingling. Dennis Bruno at DBruno42 on the Instagram at SenseiDennyB on Twitter. And Keaton. It's Keaton Fuzzy on Instagram. Uh, he, no no dough butts on his Instagram. 
Just fuzzy man. Hashtag who is Triple H? <laughs> good night and good dough. <laughs> Searching for good dough. <laughs>